Hi, a warm welcome. So glad that you can join us again today on this, a very special Sunday. We know that we are in the moment or the season of Easter, and this is Easter Sunday, otherwise known as Resurrection Sunday. And this is always an exciting moment in the calendar where we stop and we consider the death, the burial, but also the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, and all of that achieved for us when he died, not just for us, but as us, when he represented us on the cross so that we could too know new life. Now, whenever I come to Easter, I'm always a little bit um, underwhelmed by the weekend. Now, let me just qualify that a little bit. It's not that I don't celebrate Easter, but in my heart, I've resolved that I want to remember and celebrate Easter and what Jesus achieved for me each and every day of my life, every weekend, I want to be an Easter weekend. Every day, I want it to be an Easter day where I remember, just like I remember the birth of Jesus and I live in the good of that. I want to always be walking with a consciousness of what Jesus achieved in that moment that we celebrate called Easter. But here we are today on what is known in the calendar as Easter Sunday. And we celebrate over this weekend the, the three key parts of what makes the Easter weekend, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I know that there's other parts that people celebrate, and there's moments of Lent, there's moments where people celebrate the previous Sunday, which was Palm Sunday. And of course, in 50 days after celebrating Easter Sunday, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. There's many other bits or components to different people's Easter season. But for today, I want us to concentrate on the three days of Friday to Sunday, that journey from a cross to a tomb. And I want us to think about, remember, and thank the Lord, who's now alive from the dead, risen from the dead, for all he achieved for us over those three days. Now, we're going to focus on this journey from a cross to a tomb. And we understand that the night before, which was a Thursday, was when Jesus had that moment called the Last Supper. And then he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And all of a sudden, when he says, thy will be done, Lord, everything starts its process, leading him to a trial and to uh, wrong accusation, to judgment, and then finally punishment on the cross. Now, I want to pick up on that moment of Jesus on the cross, that moment of his death in the book of Luke chapter 3, sorry, the book of Luke chapter 23, and it reads in verse 44, it was now about noon and darkness had come over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun had stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, um, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man or surely this was the son of God. Then we move to the moment where it tells us in the Gospel of Luke about his burial. And we read in the same chapter, chapter 23 from verse 50 where it says, Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, 
who had not consented to the decision and action of what had happened. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. He was a kingdom man. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then they took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, um, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin." Obviously, when we talk about the Sabbath, we often know Sabbath as a Sunday. But what happens in the Jewish culture was that this was Friday and Friday evening was coming where they started what we know as their Shabbat, their moment of Sabbath. So they took Jesus from the cross and they placed him in this tomb. Joseph of Arimathea gave Jesus his tomb. And I don't know if he knew it at the time that Jesus would only be borrowing this tomb. It wasn't going to be a final arrangement or a long-term plan. And then that leads us in the Easter story to this moment of Saturday. We've spoken about Thursday. We've spoken about Friday. Then all of a sudden we come to Saturday. We know that Sunday's coming and Sunday, the first day of a week, is where we celebrate the resurrection. And many people think that nothing was happening on that Saturday of that first Easter weekend, where in fact there may not have been things happening above the ground or in the scene, but there was a lot going on in the unseen or beneath the ground. This was the moments, I believe, where Jesus was taking authority back from the devil. He was taking the authority that had stolen from man back from Satan so that he could give it again to his followers. Now, this was a moment where Jesus was busy freeing those who were in the moment of captivity, awaiting his resurrection so that they could also rise too. So much was happening on the Saturday, even though it wasn't recorded. But then we come to the incredible moment that we're celebrating today which is Easter Sunday, or the moment of resurrection. Now let's carry on with what Luke is saying in Luke chapter 24, this time reading in verses 1 to 6. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took spices that they had prepared and went down to the tomb. They found the stone was rolled away from the tomb, and when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus there. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. So as we follow this storyline through the book of Luke, we see him with his disciples on the Thursday. We see him taken, tried, hung on the cross. Then we see him taken off of the cross, placed in a tomb. Then suddenly they come looking for his dead body in the tomb on that Sunday morning to be greeted by heavenly messengers that announce then, but also announce to us today, he's not dead He is risen. What does that mean? It means that Jesus had done everything that he said he would do. He conquered death. He'd conquered the grave. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
he'd been risen back to life, not just life, but fullness of life. Now, what happens next as you read through the book of Acts, you get a clear understanding that he didn't go straight to heaven. He didn't ascend straight away, but rather it says in the book of Acts chapter one, verse three, that he hang around earth and he spent 40 days with his disciples teaching them about the kingdom. Then we know that 10 days later, the Holy Spirit was given on what we know as the day of Pentecost. But it was this moment after spending 40 days with the disciples that he rose and ascended. And um, what was said to those who were watching was in the same way you've seen him leave, he one day will return. And like I said, then 10 days later, marking 50 days, we celebrate and we read about the coming of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost. Now, what's the importance of resurrection? This is Resurrection Sunday. This is where we celebrate and we remember all three parts of the Easter message. We remember that he died on a cross for us and as us. He took the sin to the cross, but also as we identify in him for salvation, we recognize that he didn't just take the sin, but he took the sinner, the old man we used to be. We were crucified in him and with him. We also understand the burial, and that's represented whenever we do a water baptism. It represents that not only did he kill the old man, our old man was crucified with Christ, but also the old man and the baggage of the old man was buried so that we wouldn't have to carry it and it wouldn't bother us anymore. But it's this third bit, the resurrection. Why is the resurrection so important? Well, there's many answers to that, but I'm just going to grab a couple today to encourage your hearts. Well, the resurrection's important because, number one, it separated Jesus from others who claimed divinity. It separated Jesus from others who had claimed to be God. You see, everyone else that ever claimed to be God died, but they never rose from the dead. Only Jesus Christ, only Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of the living God, was the one who rose from the dead. He claimed that he would, and indeed on the third day he did. That means that we're following a saviour that conquered the grave, that conquered death, that we can put our trust in everything that he said, because everything he said that he would do, he achieved fully. Secondly, we love to talk about resurrection and we see the importance of resurrection because it's in the resurrection that we see announced the success of the blood that he shed, blood that was shed for our sins and for the sin of humanity. You see, there couldn't have been a resurrection unless that which was offered to God for the sins of humanity had been accepted. Now, we understand that under the Old Testament, people presented the blood of animals, bulls and goats. But Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, didn't present the blood of animals that would cover sin for a moment. Rather, he presented to the Father his own blood, the blood of a lamb slain, a 
a lamb without blemish slain. Remember when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he said those words, behold, here comes the lamb of God who takes away, who removes the sin of the world. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, it was an announcement that the blood that he had shed, not for himself, because he had no sin, but the blood that was shed for us, as he identified as us, was accepted by the Father as full payment, not for the covering of sin, but for the removal of sin. That's wonderful, isn't it? And the third thing that we have confidence in when we consider the resurrection is simply this, that because he rose from the dead, we can have a confidence that whether it's a moment of death that we experience or even the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's a moment for every person who believes that they can know in their hearts with an assurance that because Jesus rose from the dead, we will also rise too. In many ways, he was the pioneer that cut the way from earth to heaven. The way is cut, the doors are open. So one day when it's our moment, our time, we can have an assurance and a confidence because he experienced a resurrection, so will we. Now, the Apostle Paul speaks a lot about the importance of resurrection in chapters uh, 15 of 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And when we read from verses 12 to 23, he speaks of the importance of resurrection also. Why? Because in that time, we know that there were Pharisees and there were Sadducees. Now, Sadducees, a part of their belief was that they didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe in life after death. They believed that a person's experience was here on the earth. It was metaphysical. It was to do with the here and now, and there wasn't a resurrection or even eternal life beyond the grave. So when Paul is teaching on the very um, importance of resurrection, you need to understand that some of those that were listening were not just Pharisees, but also Sadducees. Now, you may have heard it said that they were Sadducee because they didn't believe in resurrection. Because if you don't believe in resurrection, you will be sad, you see. Very corny joke, but some people are probably laughing at that in homes and places around the country, or I may be kidding myself. Now, let's read these verses where Paul speaks of a resurrection from the dead. I'm going to start reading from verse 12. It says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you, that's the Sadducees, say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. If there's no resurrection, if there's no such thing as resurrection, Paul's saying, then not even Christ has been raised. Now, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. He's saying if Jesus Christ hasn't risen from the dead, we are wasting our time preaching because there's no promise of eternal life if there's not resurrection. And he's saying to them, your faith is also a waste of time. 
It says, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he has raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. Can you hear him playing with the Sadducees thinking? But if you say there's no resurrection, then God hasn't raised him. It says, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Another word for futile is a waste of time or pointless. Jesus was saying, hey, if you don't believe in resurrection, you don't believe that Jesus was risen from the dead, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins because it was the resurrection of Jesus Christ that announced the successful work of his blood in redeeming humanity. So if there was no resurrection, there was no acceptance of his perfect blood. So these people would still be in their sins. Verse 18, then those also who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ, are lost also. Just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? He's saying, if there's no resurrection, you're still in your sins. But also those that you've said goodbye to as they close their eyes to death are no more. It's done and dusted. It says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all of those, sorry, we are all people most to be pitied. He's saying, if you don't believe in resurrection, you can't have an assurance of a forgiveness of your sin because you don't know if the blood was accepted. You don't know if your family members who have gone before you are in heaven or not. He said, if that's you, you're of most people to be pitied. But then he brings some good news. Are you ready for some good news this Easter Sunday? But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of all of those who have fallen asleep after placing faith in him. For since death came through a man, Adam, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man, Jesus. For as all in Adam die, so in Christ all are made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, and then when he comes, those who belong to him. Praise the Lord. We believe that Jesus didn't just die on a cross for our sin. We believe that he wasn't just buried in a tomb so that we could say goodbye to the old man that we used to be when we also identify in his death, burial and resurrection. But also we can celebrate because he had a resurrection. We can have a certain expectation of resurrection in our lives also. Now, don't forget the whole teaching of being born again. You don't step into eternal life when you die in this life, but rather when a person's born again, it's at that moment that Jesus causes eternity to come alive in us. So in fact, we become eternally alive to God the moment that we believe and receive Christ, not the moment we close our eyes in death. But the fact remains, because we die in faith, because we die eternally alive to God, when we close our eyes to natural death, 
The next thing we know is we open them and we are present in our fully resurrected life, glorified in our body, our soul, and also now our bodies with him forevermore. Isn't that good news? Well, I believe that that's phenomenal news. So here's our good news today, because Paul was teaching this to people 2,000 years ago. But is this truth still relevant for us today? As we celebrate Easter in the year 2022, do the truths that Paul taught these Corinthians still apply for you and me? Absolutely. This is timeless truth. Jesus died once for everyone. He's never going to come and die that brutal death ever again, because in that brutal death that he suffered on the cross, when he represented us, he paid for all sin, for all man, for all time. You may say, well, does that mean everyone's saved? Yes, they are. But a person doesn't experience salvation until they step into salvation by placing faith in Jesus Christ. So legally, everyone on the earth is paid for because the blood of Jesus was shed for the payment of sin for all man. But a person must believe in their heart and confess in their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior to step into the experience and the reality of that new birth and that new beginning that Jesus paid for them for 2,000 years ago. So, okay, on this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate, number one, because we know that because he's risen from the dead, His blood that he shed for us was accepted as payment for our sins by the Father, which means that we can have a confidence that we are fully forgiven. That when we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember also in the Bible, it says that when we place faith in God, He doesn't just put our sins over here, but as far as the east is from the west, so far. It's a constant measurement that's never completed. So far does he remove our sins for us. Now, David even saw that and he spoke of us and said, blessed are those whose sins and trespasses are forgiven, to whom God remembers them no more. That's you and me, because we placed faith in what Jesus did on the cross with his finished work in his death, burial and resurrection we can have a confidence today that sin confessed is sin forgiven but because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us we can walk the earth with a confidence of forgiveness number two we can have a relationship with a living God 
Now, because Jesus rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, what does that equal for us today? Our God's not dead. We know that the Bible says that after he ascended, after those 40 days, he took his place and was seated at the right hand side of the Father, seated until everything is in place for him to return a second time, the second coming of Jesus. This time, not to die on a cross but to collect every person who placed faith in what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. Now, if Jesus is risen from the dead, that makes him a living God. Aren't you glad today you're talking, praying, fellowshipping, walking with not some dead God that's modeled into a statue made of clay or wood? No, our God is alive. Now, because he's alive, when we pray, he hears us. And when we pray, he answers us. God's not dead. Come on. Let's shout that from the rooftops. Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's not dead. He's risen from the dead. One day he's coming to collect everyone who's placed their faith in him. But you don't have to wait until you die and go to heaven to have a living relationship with a living God. God wants you to have a living, vibrant relationship with him right now on earth. He wants you to experience the life of who he is here on earth. Remember what it says in John 10 verse 10. Oh, the thief, he comes except to do nothing but to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to the earth that you on the earth may have life and life in all abundance. God doesn't want you to wait to get to heaven or into his kingdom of heaven before you experience his life. Because the reality is 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ left heaven and brought his kingdom to earth. Every time a person receives Jesus as saviour, his life, his kingdom come into them here on earth. Isn't that amazing? I hope that you enjoy having a living relationship with a living God, not with a morbid relationship with a God that you presume to not have left the tomb. And thirdly, we can have full assurance that because he rose from the dead. So will we. We have assurance of our forgiveness. We have the invitation into a living relationship with a living God. And thirdly, we can go to bed at nights with a blessed assurance, a 100% assurance that just as Jesus, the first fruit in resurrection, couldn't be held by the grave or death, neither will we. Now, one thing's certain for anyone living on the earth, there's a day that was appointed for your birth and there was a day appointed that one day you will leave this earth. We could call that your death. Now, we wish that every person will have long, successful, prosperous, healthy lives on this earth. Yet we cannot ignore the fact that there's a moment coming for us all where one day we will close our eyes to this life as we've known it. I want to say to you, because of Easter, there there doesn't need to be any fear in that moment. Because of this Easter, because of what Jesus did on the cross in death, burial and resurrection, 
even though you want to live long on the earth and enjoy the blessings of the Lord on this earth, you have nothing to fear concerning that moment when you shut your eyes to that final sleep because you can have an assurance that the very next moment you will open your eyes because he rose from the dead, so will you. So the very next thing that you will see in that moment is the face of Jesus Christ. You will see Jesus. I hope you see him holding that winner's crown that Paul speaks of, where he says, thank you for living for me on the earth. Here's that winner's crown that Paul said was stored up for you because you did. Let's celebrate today. He's not dead. He's risen. He's not in a tomb. He's on a throne. But 2,000 years ago, the Son of God left heaven, laid aside his majesty to come to earth, born in a manger. That's the Christmas story. At the age of 33 and a half, he was taken, nailed to a cross. They didn't realize that they were fulfilling scripture, that they were seizing the lamb that God had provided, sacrificing him for the sins of the people. They took him from the cross and they placed him in a tomb. I don't know if Joseph of Arimathea saw this as a short-term rental or a longer-term um, gift. But three days later, on that Sunday morning, the first day of the week, our Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, broke through the grave, liberated everyone held by death, and rose again. And because he lives, like the song says, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because we know that we know that we know who holds our future. And this life he's given us to live is worth the living just because he lives. God bless you. Happy Easter.